What up, everybody? Welcome to the brand new Ravens Flock podcast presented by Believe Podcast Network. Our special, uh, well, let me introduce myself. I'm Jack Settleman, big time Ravens fan and host of the podcast. My co-hosts are Kamar Aiken, former Baltimore Ravens wide receiver, and a kid Gowie, internet entertainer, entertainer in real life as well, and of course, a diehard Ravens fan. Ravens Flock, what is going on? Welcome to a new season. We figured we wanted to kick this off ahead of our Week 3 matchup against the Chiefs, but we're going to kick off this specific episode of the podcast with a little Around the League segment and one that hits closer to home than normal. Tyrod Taylor uh, was scratched right before Sunday's game. Justin Herbert gets the start, and I'm thinking, okay, something happened, but I did not think that his doctor um, would stab him in the lung. So, Kamar, I know you talked to Tyrod. You played with Tyrod. Tell us, like, how on a scale of one to ten, how unlikely was this? Uh, very unlikely. But from my knowledge of it, it, it is it is likely as well. It's a it's a delicate uh, situation. Delicate, uh, I guess, a uh, shot per se. Um, but I, I don't know how you mess that up and and, and puncture a, a lung like. <laughs> but I've also found out a couple of things re- relating to that um, that that I didn't know about prior. Uh, speaking as far as with the doctor, uh, he had a couple of things that popped up uh, on his resume as well. So he's not. Um, yeah. One of those. Uh, yeah. I saw that as well. The Chargers doctors they have a weird history, and two things that I learned one. Because he requested treatment, which I assume was mutual, I think under the CBA, he actually cannot sue, which, you know, whether or not it was a mistake, I think the bigger reason why you would potentially sue in that situation is he lost his starting job and now they're ruling him out indefinitely. Tyrod's been through the league. He was a Raven. He was a Bill. And this could potentially have been his last chance to really be a starter in the NFL. And that, like, when you think about the loss of future compensation, that's just tough to take. Gowie, what do you think about all that? Hey, that was the first thing that came to mind. Like, as soon as I heard that his lung got punctured, I was like, sue everybody. I want a piece of the pie of everything. I need uh, part ownership of the Chargers. I need my contract fully guaranteed. Like, that's that was my mindset when I first heard the news. But then, you know, I came across that article that said that, you know, if you accept the team doctor, you're kind of like, I guess you can say pretty much you can't sue, like how you put it. And I feel like that's very unfortunate, especially for Tyrod, because like you said, this could potentially be his last stint as a starting quarterback in the league. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there has to be some type of consequence. It can't just be a, well, it happened. So, uh, you know, now he's out and definitely like, no, bro, that's that man's livelihood. That's his career. Um, he was in a, t- a terrific position. You know, get, you get that starting job because Phillip Rivers is gone now. So you kind of get that. You had two rookies. under. Uh, I don't know if the other guy's a rookie or if he's just a, a other guy. Second but like, year, I know yeah. Herbert's a, a rookie. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. yeah, so you kind of like you're that veteran presence. You kind of the guy that has that status. So his spot seemed kind of safe, but now, you know, Herbert, he looked pretty good against the the Chiefs, so it's like you really don't know what to think now, so it's very unfortunate, but hopefully, you know, Tyrod keeps his head up and he gets things figured out. Kamar, I know you talked to him, and I know obviously a lot of that stuff is personal stuff, but anything you can share from just like even your own viewpoint or maybe how Tyrod's feeling? Uh, it's an unfortunate situation. I, I would say he he's not in the... the 
the best of spirits, obviously. You know, he would like to be out there. He worked his, his butt off this offseason to have the opportunity to go out there and perform. And he's able to be in a position where he, he got guys around him and he can kind of show what he can do. And, and it's unfortunate that this, this happened and it happened in the way that it did. Um, I still feel like it has to be accountability on the doctor's, uh, on the doctor's hand. Um, we signed the CBA, I get that, but this is also a, a, a lesson learned for all the athletes that's out there, former athletes, athletes that's current. Uh, pay attention to what we signed. Sorry about that. To pay attention okay. to what we signed because at the end of the day, it's in the writing and there, there's nothing that he's going to be able to do to, to sue or anything like that. Not that I know of, just because yeah. we signed that contract and we signed that CBA. It's one of those just extremely unfortunate situations, and we hope, most importantly, Tyrod is better. Like, a punctured lung, outside of football, livelihood, all that, oh, like, yeah. that's a freaking punctured lung. That's scary. So, uh, Tyrod, obviously sending him our best wishes. Uh, let's recap last week, week two. We filmed a pilot episode, so everyone listening the Flock didn't get to hear all of us get our predictions perfect at 33-16. But we did predict Ravens blowouts, and... For the most part, it was. Three three scores is definitely a, a solid win. Uh, I feel like I'm going to be the most negative. I, I'm a realist, and I feel like you guys, you bring the positivity, so I'll start. I feel like for the second straight week, the Ravens were dominant, but didn't play a great game. It, I mean, it's far from a perfect game. It's far from where you want to be by playoff time, by the end of the season. Um, the fourth quarter was great controlling the clock i mean when you just beat a team down like that run all over them it must feel good as a player but overall can't be upset two and oh uh what'd you guys think general reaction to that game uh me personally i felt like uh you know it was a great game in my opinion obviously there's always room for improvement um i know a lot of the criticism came towards the offensive line uh you know anthony averett got a lot of flack um, but in my personal opinion, it's not something to panic over. I feel like the offensive line still, we have a rookie in the lineup. Um, you know, we have somebody recovering from an injury. So it's one of those things where I feel like we're in a good point right now. There was no preseason. You still have to build that chemistry. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm not ready to push the panic button or look for a new offensive lineman to hop in there and all this other stuff that a lot of fans are kind of alluding to. You know, people wanting to sign a quarterback now that Tavon's down. Um, hopefully he gets well soon. Um, so yeah, I, I I personally I'm in a good space right now. I don't I know a lot of Ravens fans are frustrated and they're concerned, but me I feel like you know we're in good shape. And to piggyback off of that, I, I feel like we're in good shape as well. Um, they didn't play. Uh, I feel like they got a lot left in the tank to to play better. Um, they played better in some great in, in some areas of secondary for sure. Um, they look real good. Um, receivers look good. They got uh, Boykins involved a little more this week. Um, I don't know. We did talk about that. We didn't even push the podcast live, and they still heard about all our ideas about getting Boykin involved. That was crazy. Like first yep, yep. play, it was hilarious. I thought about it. Yep, yep. So I don't know if it was if it was drawn up like that. If they made it uh, impression to say, "Hey, we're going to get him more involved this week," but um, they did a good job with that. He made his plays uh, that they came his way. Um, I, I like what what I saw in a blowout. It's kind of hard to, to, to stay in a game when you're blowing a team out, and then you add in the factor of no fans. It's like, right, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to go home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, speaking, yeah, speaking of like the the whole season in general, which is the no preseason, the no fans. One thing I've 
just notice, and I've heard, this isn't just me, so this isn't all my negativity to the table. This, I've heard from other people. Lamar, look, he makes people miss, and he's been awesome as a passer, and he's been solid as a runner. But it looks like he doesn't have that extra gear like he, we saw a lot last year, which was he turned the corner and no one could touch him. Mm-hmm. He was making every single person miss constantly. And what I thought, and I want to run it by you guys, is – you didn't really have preseason, and no one has seen game speed. And if there's anyone in the entire organization who's seen the least amount of game speed, I would imagine it's Lamar. Like, maybe in practice, some of the corners, wideouts, were running game speed, but Lamar with the red jersey on in practice, like, he's rarely going game speed, and he didn't have a preseason to really test that out. So do you guys, number one, notice that? And number two, like, do you buy into – you know any of that um i saw some talk around that uh and you know when you watch lamar it does seem like it's harder for him to hit angles now but i don't think that's necessarily about lamar i think it's more so about defenses i feel like a lot of defenses especially the two teams that we played because we we saw them last year during lamar's mvp season so Mm -hmm. you're able to correct those mistakes that you weren't able to correct at that moment so i feel like now they're you know defenders are staying home and they're they're picking better angles when it comes to you know containing lamar keeping him either within the pocket or keeping them behind the line of scrimmage. So I really just think it's adjustment by defenses. I don't necessarily think it's Lamar losing the gear because if that boy wants to take off, uh, let's believe he's going to take off. <laughs> Kavar, what do you think? I think he's still trying to get a feel for the season. They didn't have an off season, so he's still trying to get a feel for his body as well and making sure that he's tuned up and ready when it's time to, when it's time to hit that full speed and that full gear. And then, like I always said, uh, the defense is doing a better job at swarming and getting to him. Guys know his speed, so guys are, are not coming to him coming eight miles per hour. They're coming at him with, with, some, with some speed now and trying to get him down. So I, I would say it's a little bit of both. He's still trying to get a feel for himself, uh, his body. Uh, getting into, into, uh, into the season and just seeing where he's at. Following up on that, uh, we saw a ton of injuries around the league. I mean, just more than we've ever seen. One of those hit the Ravens. It was Tavon Young. And, I mean, I was so excited for this kid to get back on the field, which is why I'm super bummed. And he probably worked his ass off just to be at that spot. I mean, he's missed a ton of time. Uh, number one, Kumar. No preseason. Is this the reason for all the injuries? Oh, uh, it's a possibility. Um, I didn't have a preseason my last year, and I was probably the most healthy and the most strong I felt ever. So it's, it's just it's a little bit of both, depending on the guy, how you train in the off season. Um, some of it, I feel like it's freak accidents. Um, not to to skip over Tavon, but I, I saw Barkley's. Uh, mm-hmm. Saquon's and and he's I've seen him get tackled and do moves like that numerous times, and nothing happens. Right. So to right. see it, it was like, it, okay, it's a freak accident. So it, it happens. Yeah, people are going to say we didn't have an off season, so that had a little more to do with it. But I, I feel like some of these injuries are just still freak in- incidents. That makes sense. Gowie, we lose Tavon. Um, you mentioned Anthony Averett and, you know, what the Ravens need to do. For me, Tavon felt like the rich get richer. Like, you have two Pro Bowl corners and you're adding back one of the top slot corners versus, like, you bring in Calais Campbell, you're bringing him in to be a leader, a captain, a run stopper. Like, he has a decided role. And while Tavon obviously plays that slot role, it felt like it was just more on top of what we already had. What do you do at the slot corner now that Tavon's going to be out for the year? 
I mean, honestly, I feel like uh, Anthony Averett should continue to get his reps. Uh, you know, just to start off, obviously this next game is going to be a huge task for them because Kansas City got some speedsters on that team. Yeah. So it's like he got to be able to keep up and, you know, maintain his balance because I saw him slip on a possession. Uh, well, I saw him slip on, uh, yeah, a catch um, when he was defending on one play. And, you know, yeah. he got he got beat a few times, but I didn't see anything from Averett that made me want to press the panic button. Obviously, number one, he's uh, the fifth corner on the team, if we if you include Tavon Young. Uh, Jimmy Smith, he's a Pro Bowl caliber player, um, and we have two Pro Bowl corners out there. So it's like if somebody has to be the target, who's going to be the target? The fifth string that comes in. So um, <laughs> it's like it's just common sense to me. But I just think, you know, it's, it's just a matter of – Averitt just doing what he has to do. He knows the playbook. He knows what he has to do. He's within that brotherhood, so we don't have to reach out to kind of bring somebody in and, you know, get them to pick up the pace and step in and learn what they need to learn. Yeah, like you said, fifth corner comes cold off the bench into a live football game. It's not as easy as they make it look. Give him a week of practice. Let him get, you know, mentally prepared for that role. You can say always be ready, but come on, like – Sometimes you need that mental prep. So I think it's a good segue into the Ravens' biggest game of the young season and probably the biggest game, hopefully, the biggest game of the regular season. I've been waiting for this for, honestly, probably since we lost the Titans game just because, like, all I hear about is Chiefs, 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 Mahomes, 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 blah, 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 blah. I mean, Mahomes is special, and that team's so fun, and having to, like, hate them like sucks so we might as well beat them when we get to play them (laughs) Lamar's lost three times in his regular season career twice in Kansas City to Mahomes and they let's be honest that first one if Eric Weddle wakes up they probably win that game last year it was actually further away than it was close but uh the first thing that pops off the page is the speed and without Tavon like if there was one game that I need Tavon Young for it probably is to guard Tyreek or Mikol in the slot with that speed so Kamar what do you think from a matchup perspective how the Ravens line up for Monday night that is going to be the, their biggest obstacle the the back end they're definitely going to come at that fifth uh on the depth chart corner <laughs> you bet you best believe it they're circling him uh and talking about going at him they're gonna they're gonna put them guys in position to, to have him covering a Tyreek Hill and, and covering a Sammy or something like that to get the mismatches. So I, I feel like for the Ravens, uh, the pressure is going to have to be big. Don't leave these guys on the island too long. Don't let their speed get get up to top speed and, and get by guys. So I feel like it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to defense, to be honest, and, and the Ravens' defense just doing what they're supposed to do and, and, and applying pressure and not letting Mahomes get comfortable back there. Gally, what do you think? Um, honestly, I think, uh, you know, obviously Tavon is a, a huge loss um, on the defensive end, but I think that the guys, you know, they'll make the proper adjustments to do what they need to do. I think the most important for this upcoming game is obviously our bread and butter, and that's the run game. Uh, last game against the Chargers, they had some good amount of success. I mean, their running backs had about like four to six yards per carry. So um, I think our three-headed monster with J.K., Mark Ingram, and uh, – you know, Gus, it's one of those things where it's like if you guys, you know, stick to your guns and, you know, utilize the clock, all that other good stuff, we'd be able to walk out with that win and a close one. Yeah, watching the Chargers game definitely gave me even more confidence. And football is about matchups. And I saw on Twitter, actually, someone was like, you got, you know, Super Bowl MVP versus MVP. You've got 
all the weapons the Ravens have versus all the weapons the Chiefs have. You got Tucker and Butker. Now that Butker's kind of into that next tier of kickers and great head coaching as well and great coaching from top to bottom. But the one thing that wasn't in that tweet, and it came from a Chiefs writer, Chiefs reporter, no mention of defense. And to me, that's what separates these two teams. And that's what I tell everyone. And I'll tell the Ravens flock podcast throughout the rest of the season. The best part and phase of the Ravens is their defense. I genuinely believe that, especially with the addition of Calais. And then the secondary we have is just very, very good. So I think that's what separates it. And Gowie, like you said, we've come out passing. Do we come out passing when we know these teams can? I mean, David Johnson looked amazing in week one. Eckler looked amazing in week two. And you know we do it better than anyone else. Kumar, what do you think from uh, an offensive standpoint? Like, are they packing boxes more in Lamar now? Is that why we're throwing early in games? Like, where's that come from? Uh, I think it's just game plan. I don't think they're packing, they're stacking up the boxes. Uh, he's doing a pretty good job throwing the ball. So you'll be pretty dumb as a coordinator to say, hey, I'm yeah. just going to stack the box up and leave <laughs> these guys one-on-one outside. So I wouldn't say they're, they're stacking the box up, but I would say they need to get off to a good start because we do know Mahomes and those guys could put up numbers quick and in, a, in a short period of time. So I would say ball control, like Gowie said, they got to control the, the time of possession. Uh, get the running backs going, hit the play actions, get the tight ends involved. Um, and I think that's going to be the difference. I don't, I don't think we see no, – I, I think we do see some shots, to be honest, because yeah. they're going to play some man over there and, and, and fill the box up a little bit to, just to try to contain the run. So he, he will have his shots. We just got to execute and make, and make those plays. And what do you think the Chargers did so well that gave the Chiefs problems? Uh, they had a rookie quarterback that nobody prepared for. <laughs> if you ask anybody, <laughs> that's that normally a bad <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what he does great you don't know what he does bad like so so it was very like they basically came to the game preparing for Tyrod all week and then game comes in and it's a whole other game plan so for the Chargers it worked in their favor because now you scrap the game plan with Tyrod and it's now it's just let the quarterback just throw and, and do what he does and let's see what he can do versus hey we have a plan set plan coming in and this is what we're going to do so I, I think that was the, the major difference in that game I mean, I do. I know they'll have a game plan for Lamar, but I do enjoy the thought of a rookie quarterback dicing up that defense. How about the MVP getting a shot at it? Gowie, what do you think defensively the Chargers did to kind of stifle Mahomes? I mean, the first half, he didn't look like Patrick Mahomes. Second half in OT, he, he got in more of a rhythm. But the Chargers seem to give him problems, and it probably has to do with Ingram and Boso on that defensive line. But what, what did you say, and what do you think the Ravens can replicate to give Mahomes issues? Um, basically, I think, and you know, it was one of our struggles before, is the pass rush. Like the people that you just named, you just named Bosa and Ingram, and it's kind of those things where if you put that pressure on that QB, you have to rattle them just a little bit. And I think the Ravens did a good job getting to Deshaun Watson last week. Now, obviously, he broke some crazy tackles. I don't know how yeah. he got <laughs> – that boy's elusive, but, you know, he broke some crazy ones. But um, I think that – what Deshaun was able to break, I can't see Mahomes breaking those same type of tackles. So I think they'll be able to bring him down uh, with that. <laughs> Kamar gave him <laughs> a look. Like, hey, look, but that's no that's so? no shade to Mahomes. <laughs> nah, I, I just know Watson. Watson, he you know Watson, he he's out there on his feet. So he, you know, I I just have more faith in him to break those type of tackles than Mahomes to break those type of tackles. Um, but yeah, it's it's all about pass rush, man. I think we really have to help our secondary out by putting that pressure on the QBs. Let my 
Marcus Peters take those risky, you know, jumps at the ball and different situations like that. But that's what it comes down to for me. Feel that. All right. I didn't prepare the boys for this segment, so I'm just popping it in here. So I'll start with it. But we're going to do an X factor for every preview of the game. So take some time to think. I'll start. My X factor is the ghost of Matt Judon. Uh, mm-hmm. I need my I need my man to show up, just like Gal was talking about. But look, here's the thing with Judon and why we tagged him is he's not consistent enough to get, you know, that big pass rush money, defensive player of the year money that like the Packers gave to Z- to Zadarius, who was a former Raven. Um, get or not Gowie, uh Judon is going to give us 12 sacks in a year. And sometimes with players like that, if their only impact is to sack the quarterback, it can feel like they're not really making that big of an impact. If you're up 20 and he gets a sack on a second down, no one's really going to talk about that. He has zero QB pass rushes and zero sacks this season. It would be very nice if Matt Judon used one or two of those sacks against the Kansas City Chiefs. And Chiefs O-line was special in the playoffs last year and at the end of the season. They've looked a little shaky, so I'm looking for Matt Judon. I think he's the X-Factor on Monday night. Kamar, who is your X-Factor? X-Factor. I would say the secondary. I can't pick one guy. I'll say the whole secondary is the X-Factor. They got the biggest challenge coming in this week. Uh, Them receivers will be ready. They love to embarrass corners, so it's going to be a good matchup. I, I like I like the DBs Baltimore have. I like the swag they play with. Um, so I, I feel like that's going to be the X right. Did they come out and do what they're supposed to do? I feel like the Ravens take this one. Okay, okay, okay. I <laughs> think my X factor would probably be uh, Mark Andrews. I think Mark Andrews is going to be the X factor because uh, I feel like, you know, Lamar – Mark Andrews is, is Lamar's favorite target, obviously. And I feel like the previous two games, Andrews was there, but I feel like this game we're really going to need him the most, especially on the opposite side of the ball where they have a Travis Kelsey who's been going crazy uh, this year already because uh, I have him on my fantasy team. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think Mark Andrews is going to be a big piece for this because, obviously, you know, you have those outside receivers. They're still young guys, not saying that they won't go off, but – you can't go wrong with your old reliable. So as long as Lamar has Mark Andrews in his back pocket, I feel like we'll be able to get things done, um, you know, against Kansas City. Kamar, I got a question. Do you see Andrews yeah. gaining a lot of yards or touchdowns? How, how do you see him helping the Ravens? Is it is it touchdowns scoring in the red zone? We know he's going to score in the red zone, but is it gaining them the yardage that they need in the field of play, or is it just when we get in the red zone, hey, we got a, we got a body that we know can give us a touchdown? How, how do you see that? That's a good question. That's a good question. Um, obviously, Andrews can be that end zone guy, but I feel like he's way more effective when he's able to get that yak. So when he's able to get the yards mm-hmm. at the catch, it's like, oh, yeah, this is going to be one of those drives where Andrews really in his bag and, like, when mm-hmm. Lamar just throws yeah. it up there, you know, yep. he'll come down with it. So it's just those momentum type of plays where you see mm-hmm. him make those kind of plays. And I think if we're able to utilize him in that aspect, we'll be great. I agree. I think we're, you know, when we get in the red zone, a lot of different options. Obviously, Andrews can still be that, but helping us move. I'm looking for like eight catches and 80 yards more than I'm looking for two touchdowns, something like that. Kumar, let's say the Ravens do things well. They hit Andrews, right? They hit Hollywood, right? They run with Lamar and then they run in general. How far into like 
things that the Ravens do well. Can Kansas City game plan? So, like, you always hear about Belichick. He's going to take away what you do best and maybe what you do second best. So, like, when Gowie says uh, Andrews is the X factor, obviously the Chiefs know that. But will they risk taking away Andrews at the cause of Hollywood? Or, like, how many things can you really knock off the list when you're when you're planning defensively, um, you can knock off a couple, but when you're playing the Ravens, just not too many you can knock off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they just got a unique situation over there, to be honest. Um, so I feel like Kansas City's what they're going to try to eliminate is the big plays. They're not going to let Hollywood get the big gashing plays or, or get them guys going because I feel like those are momentum plays that kind of hurt the team. So I feel like if they 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 put a lid on that, I think that's going to be their emphasis. Hey, we're going to play a lot of man, but we can't get beat over the top. Like keep everything in front of you. Um, that, that's the best way we can play. Keep everything in front of you. Keep Lamar contained as much as we can. He's we know he's going to get out. There's that, that's just that's just what it is. So there's no way it's just going to stop him. So the the most they can do is contain him. Make sure no big shot plays. And and see, see where their chips fall. To be honest, it's a tough situation for them as well because it's not too many options they could take away. No doubt, Ravens. Uh, we're wearing the black jerseys. I don't think I've ever seen the Ravens lose in the black jerseys. Fourteen and one in prime time at home under Harbaugh, best in the league since two thousand eight, which is insane. Uh, and Kamar's X factor, which is the secondary, is super fun to look at because. Last year, Earl Thomas, week of the Chiefs game, chirping, saying, uh, "We're not. I'm not going to let up any big plays. Like second quarter, 80 yard <laughs> touchdown, right over his dome." <laughs> and that, so you know, you got his replacement in there, and Chuck Clark, who's kind of the communicator on the back end of that defense. So great time to really show that. Uh, score predictions. Here we go. Like we said, we went three for three last week with perfect scores. So we're going to have to replicate that. Monday Night Football. Kamar Aiken, what is your score prediction? And don't come at me with any Chiefs bullshit. I swear to God, <laughs> no way. <laughs> no, I think it's gonna be a. I think it's gonna be a nail biter, though. I, I would say uh, a touchdown or a field goal decides this one. To be honest, I feel like this one goes down to the end. I don't think. I don't think it's a blowout on either either side. Um, I, I feel like it's gonna be a close one, though. Give me a score. Give me a score. A score. Uh, both of these teams score high, so I would say. Uh, Whew. That's tough. 35, 35, 32. <laughs> However they get it. I like it. Gowie, what do you got? Um, I'm going with 27, 23, and I'm giving the edge to the Ravens. I think that it'll start off as a, a sloppy game because, you know, these are two heavy hitting teams. They're going to try to, you know, go at each other's throats. Um, and then eventually I feel like over time, they'll pick up the groove and then the scoring to start. So um, expect some slow drives in the beginning. I don't expect anybody to come right out the gate just throwing 80-yard touchdowns like we just talked about. But, uh, yeah, 27-23 is going to be a close one, like Kamar said. And uh, I'm, giving the rest, I'm giving the edge to the Ravens. All right, I'm writing these down because we forgot <laughs> last week. 27-23 for Gowie, 35-32 for Kamar. Do you guys remember the Monday night Rams-Chiefs game? I think it was two years ago. It was like 50 to 48. Yeah. It was the most insane yeah. <laughs> game. That's what people are looking for here. Um, I think the the reason why I'm not picking a crazy high-scoring game like that is two reasons. One, I think, like I mentioned, we have that defense, and we can match up with them well. So you saw the blueprint to kind of how to slow down Mahomes. You're not going to shut him out, but slow him down. And then if the Ravens want to win the game, which I think we will – we have to run the ball. 
So mm-hmm. even if we have great drives and finish with points, when you only have six or seven drives, it's hard to score 50 points like people are looking for. Exactly. Would I love a 50 to 40 game? That would be a lot of fun. <laughs> and next week's podcast would be awesome. But I'm going to go 30 to 24. And that 24, I think, will come late for them. I really do think the Raven, eh, 34-24. I think we're going to beat them nice. And, and everyone's going to spin in and say the Chiefs weren't showing it, just like when we smoked the Patriots. And they're going to say, wait till it's the playoffs. And you know what? If the Chiefs don't want to show us shit, that's fine. I'll take the win and the tiebreaker <laughs> because there's only one one seed this year, and that's really, really important that people aren't quite thinking about. So while home field advantage might not be as important if there's not going to be fans for the playoffs, the fact that there's only one one seed and one team gets that by, I think that's huge. And we can all agree for now, these are the two teams at the top of the, uh, at least the AFC. So Ravens flock podcast, episode number one in the books. Oh, I really hope we get the win in episode one. That would be, <laughs> would be depressing. Kamar, any last words? Maybe what you were drinking. Kamar had a tough day, so he's been. Yeah, I had a tough day today. I had a little Hennessy today. Um, Ooh, Hendog. Yeah. Little Hendog today. <laughs> right. uh, so, Gowie, what's your celebratory drink on Monday night after the big win? Hey, I'm probably going to drink some water. <laughs> got work on too. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm, get, I'm getting washed out here. That's, that's a hangover waiting to happen. <laughs> All right, Ravens flock. We will talk to you a week from tonight. Best of luck to the Ravens, and we will catch you next time.